1: Last off with books. Was that, I had an old t-shirt that said. That was my off. shirt. I okay. gave it to you that I <laughs> found it right. at a goodwill. <laughs> it was like a
0: reading program for the library.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, where else would you have a reading program? I don't know. Blockbuster. Bring it on home. Was that Blockbuster? Bring it on home. I don't know. I, I don't you, remember I the commercials. In, you worked, worked at Blockbuster book. and you got yeah. fired for stealing. I did get fired. That's for stealing. part
0: of the A's for alcoholic canon. You've told yes, that it story a couple times. Enough.
1: Yeah. Um, but I uh I wasn't no, that's not I was very much drinking at the time. Yeah. Very, very much. I was like, I wasn't drinking, I was too young. It's like you bullshit. only quit
0: drinking like, oh, oh, because you're too young. Yeah.
1: But I was it didn't matter. We had our manager Sergio bought us all the booze we needed. Sergio. Like so this up was the
0: Hennessy.
1: Well, so it was nineteen ninety-six, and there was a movie that came out uh called Dolores Claiborne. It was a Stephen. Yeah, Claiborne. I know it.
0: I know I read the book saw the movie
1: and I remember like t-shirt enough, right yeah. yeah you got the t-shirt the Dolores Claiborne t-shirt Saw Dolores Claiborne 1996 <laughs> world um, tour and in the movie the guy's drinking a bottle of what's called black and white scotch whiskey and for whatever I don't know why I thought this Old alcoholic man in a Stephen King movie was cool, or why I thought mm-hmm. I had to have that bottle. But I made Sergio find me that bottle of whiskey scotch. So I'm like 18 drinking a bottle of scotch in my bedroom of my mom's house, like listening no to ice. headphones, just no out of a plastic ice. tumbler. Maybe just like so if not fucking the bottle.
0: refined, just so refined.
1: Blacked out. I was sleeping Wait. on a twin mattress on the floor.
0: Wasn't the husband of Dolores Claiborne like a abusive alcoholic rapist? Probably. Yeah. I don't remember. So you're like, man, that's, that's my, that's my drink of choice right now is what the abusive rapist
1: is. <laughs> not drinking. Malibu, not like Bartles and James, not, not Jägermeister. Something fun. Yeah, exactly. And so I ended up puking on the floor. I woke up to a pile of puke next to me, next to the mattress on the floor mm-hmm. and I kind of scooped some of it up and like tried to clean it up, but I was just embarrassed and didn't know what to do. So the rest of it, I just dumped a bunch of baking soda, baking powder on it, Mm -hmm. baking soda, and then put a purple towel on top of it and lived with that. Yeah. Desperate times call for desperate actions. Just and then were you just like, fuck you, Stephen King, you lied to me. I just I just fucking Richard towel. Donner
0: movie Dolores Claiborne mm-hmm. or whoever recorded right. whoever produced it
1: it was the guy who played Edward R. Murrow in good night goodbye or something like that I, I don't know the actor's that name that um, shit
0: sounds boring <laughs>
1: <laughs> it probably was um but yeah that was that was my that was 1996 in mm-hmm. Southern California it was a beautiful time I mean not because of that in no, spite of that.
0: Yeah, like, no girl. Well, you are living with your mom. There weren't even uh, girls in your room. There were no girls. Because you're like, yo, welcome to my bedroom at my own mom's house. Don't mind a purple towels just covering up vomit.
1: Scotch-laden vomit. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Basically. Um, But, Gross. yeah, it was it was really awful. Um, But I, you know, I didn't think I had a problem. I was just having nah. fun. Dude, you were just having fun. You are just being a kid. Right. I don't even
0: know if you had developed the problem. Do you think you're bored... Do you think we're born with the problem or do you think we developed the problem or is it a mixture of both? I think it's a mixture of both.
1: So I think, I think I was definitely, it's in my family on both sides, right? I have, I have family members, both, you know, my father and even my mother's father. And oh, I think her brother had some issues. I know mm-hmm. her sister definitely had issues with like food and so probably other things. So yes, mm-hmm. I think, I think I was born with a propensity toward it. And then, but I didn't, it wasn't, I don't think it was like, boom, here we go. The very first, like, I don't have any Some memory of the are very boom, first boom, here drink, we go, right? you know, every mm-hmm. time
0: I hear people share, I would hear people share and be like, I was off to the races immediately.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe but he's I think, born with it. Maybe it's alcoholism. <laughs> but I think that in early in high school, when I started drinking somewhat regularly, there was also, there was fun and there was friends and it was like going to the park and getting somebody to buy, we go quote unquote fishing and go to 7-Eleven and find an mm-hmm. adult to buy us bottles of Fishing. farm. Yeah. And so we get, I remember one time getting a big, a friend of mine had a soft guitar case and we got these two. Mexican painters and I was the, I guess, I don't know because I was the oldest or I looked the oldest or something and they're like go talk to them and so I was trying to explain to these gentlemen and there was a bit of a language barrier about what we wanted and I wanted the Boone's Hill Farm like whatever you know Strawberry Hill whatever it was and at one point I'm kind of standing outside the store I give them all this money and I tell them nine bottles because <laughs> there I don't know how many there were of us there were several of us and I'm on the outside, and at one point he goes and he reaches in for the bottle and he like kind of comes up to the window like this one. Oh, and I was shit. like, Shit. <laughs> it was a mess. But they got us the nine bottles. We put it in the soft guitar case and we walked over to the local park and got fucked. Drink up. them
0: all. Yeah. My other question is that yes. dude almost blew up your spot. I'm glad sure. that the True K guy wasn't paying attention or just didn't give a shit. But the uh-huh. other thing I was thinking about too is um, do you think mm-hmm that alcoholics look at alcohol realistically in the sense that most normal drinkers think, Oh, this is a thing to just kind of alter my mood a little bit. But like me as a drinker, I always knew this is here to fuck me up. That's all this is for. This Mm -hmm. isn't here to alter my mood. I'm not going to lie to myself and be like, Oh yeah, I'm just letting off a little steam. Like even when I was in denial as to how bad it had gotten out of hand, I still was like this is a device to fuck me up, to alter my mood drastically. So I wonder if being an alcoholic, you're imparted with that almost like a wisdom in a sense of being like, this is the real deal. This is exactly what this is for. Let's not mince words. You know what I mean? This is, And this is also my opinion. This is the way I looked at it, but.
1: Well, what do you from, my, from my narrow anecdotal evidence uh, mm-hmm. of myself and other people I've talked to, yes, absolutely. It's you look at it differently. I look at it differently. Right. Every alcoholic that I've talked to, at least the ones, no, that's not, not not only the ones in recovery. Yeah. Um, and and when I hear, you know, say somebody I was I was with the other day who still drinks mm-hmm. and um was kind of talking about, well, n- not as much as anymore, and this, that, and the other, and kind of having these sort of weird felt a little flighty conversations about how much they drank mm-hmm. and I wanted to be like dude I know how much you used to drink and unless mm-hmm. you've changed and it's possible right I think anything's possible but um alcohol really has a grip on people and um so so yes I think alcoholics see it differently I think that well I know um, we see it
0: differently but I wonder if we see it more realistically
1: Oh, like realistically, we actually see the man behind the curtain so you know what
0: I mean and
1: yeah huh. sure I mean here's the thing it's the and i'm reading this book which we're going to do a review on Oh, um, right, you gotta let
0: me it's like a seven hour book but we'll talk about this off pod. <laughs> well yeah i mean i can listen. listen to whenever i just want to make sure i do it right before so it's fresh in my memory
1: right i'm gonna do the same thing i'm reading it now and then i'm gonna to listen to it but it's like and it's a recovery away.
0: book so it's probably boring
1: it's it's not actually it's probably not actually a recovery book it's uh-huh. it's the science behind it and it's fascinating
0: <laughs> that's um, awful i'm just joking
1: <laughs> Although you know. some
0: recovery books are super fucking boring though. Yes. But yeah. Yes, yeah. they are. I'm well, like, where's the sword fights,
1: dude? Mm-hmm. Like,
0: yo, dude, I need a gun fight. Where's the I want, criminal I would heist? Like, I want
1: to read your recovery book about sword fights and heists. <laughs>
0: it's just dudes making out, whacking dicks together. That's my recovery
1: book. <laughs> Whatever it takes, man. One day at a time. One dick at a time, right? Hey, sometimes um, you got to whack a dick against another dick. That's just, mm-hmm. that's just part of my process, dude. That's 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 a profound analogy, Jerry. or maybe it's not so it's called never enough and we're going to do a Mm -hmm. review but one of the things that it talks about is how alcohol touches all these different parts of the brain whereas things like cocaine laser in on one part Mm -hmm. um and so it fucks with all these various different um processes and you know everything in there it's not just one little spot and so i think that do we see it realistically again is it is it subjective so that you know if somebody who isn't an alcoholic right Right. because Mm -hmm. i've heard people go like alcohol is evil alcohol is the devil alcohol is truly it's a poison right but we've both said well it's kind of just an inert liquid in a bottle until because sugar
0: and salt are poisons if you eat enough of them do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like
1: yeah no dub bro come on but I, i i guess i feel like it's um i feel like it's a it's a it's kind of like a small t-shirt it's going to fit somebody and if i'm going to put it on i'm going to look ridiculous you know (laughs) what i mean like but you're
0: just going to keep wearing it because you really like it exactly
1: right because i'm like man i love the way that the collar looks or i like the design on it i love the way the design is on the Mm -hmm. shirt even though it doesn't fit me and so like my belly's hanging out i'm Mm -hmm. ripping the shoulders like i look you know what i mean
0: yeah it's a great analogy i just because eventually you get used to it and you're like yeah. yo this is how it fits and we're all looking at you like you look so fucking stupid and you're just like nah, no, i look great this look is great, how man. it fits it's european
1: yeah exactly i've got <laughs> is it yeah it's european don't worry yeah, about man. it you don't understand it's part it's of fashion. my affectation bro it's fashion my fashion so i think that that's part of it i think mm-hmm. i think it's definitely subjective i although it's not just the alcohol if people were just kind of like allowing grapes to ferment in a barrel and sharing it with their family and friends that Mm -hmm. would be one thing but you've got a multi-billion dollar machine advertising it as something beautiful wonderful and fun and fun Mm -hmm. and And i guess it can be for normal most people i think most people but also i i feel like cracking open bud lights and white claws on the river is great i just i don't know man out. i mean it's to each his own but i just i feel like it's being marketed as something that it's not and i feel like well it's...
0: yeah but everything is though i mean it's mm. not just alcohol you know that cars mm. are telling you they'll change your life i mean but that's all part of this fucking society it's capitalism bro yeah that's why well... i'm an alcoholic because of capitalism <laughs> Actually, but that's, that's what it is i mean they're all not in inaccurate
1: this... that's not they're inaccurate. Good. no
0: i mean yes and no genetics mixed with depression and Whatever, dude. I don't know, but it—they're always gonna sell you shit and lie, lie through their fucking teeth about how great it is. And alcohol right. is just one other thing. That's just the escape hatch. So maybe some people don't. Maybe they're in denial. I think a lot of people are in denial too that it's the escape hatch. It's a way to like not. It's a way to disassociate. Yes. Um. It just and has- then to do it in a fun, friendly way, or to do it in a really serious, so- solemn way. You know.
1: The problem with these things is that they, they're addictive and then you need more and more and more. And then the pain is worse and worse and worse. And so, I mean, Uh, not for everybody though, John, this
0: is just our experience. Correct. So, you know, and I don't, I didn't mean uh, like a negative buzzer. I was actually going, uh, you know, but you're right. You're right. These things are, but you know, we all have free will and mm -hmm. America and America says you do what you want.
1: It's a small t-shirt and I wear a large t-shirt. And that's, that's, that's that's it. Sometimes
0: small t-shirts look good on some (laughs) motherfuckers. just not on you.
1: you. And, you know, I'll try and like stretch it out and I'll try and wear, you know, it a different way. And if I put it on inside out and thinking everything's going to be fine, but Mm -hmm. I'm never going to fit into a small t-shirt. I'm never, I'm never going to be able to, to drink like a gentleman i'm not be able to well, I,
0: neither of us will at least i believe i won't unless something changes but i don't think anything's going to change i like know my nature and i've tried this before you know i haven't tried it for a long enough no fuck it i did try sobriety for a long enough period of time that i knew it wasn't going to work for me mm-hmm. like i wasn't good at it and it only lasted i like guess i always tell it in my story but three to four days and that's all i got you know yeah and then i celebrated those three days by getting fucking loaded so
1: my longest before I got sober was two months. I
0: did yeah, months. and that was because Chinese doctor miserable. in the pike marketplace told you to quit drinking. Mm-hmm. I mean it doesn't matter what his race was, I just
1: mm-hmm. I do yeah. remember he was his
0: acupuncturist.
1: Well his name was his name was Esteban. Uh, really yeah, I thought it was, it was all no. dude. I pictured what? the
0: old Chinese guy from Gremlins.
1: Well that it's it you're not far off from the office and the amount of like weird shit that he had in there and it's like a and bird
0: cage, it. but there's no <laughs> bird in it it was just incense in a bird cage. I, he had
1: a whole like storeroom of like different drugs and herbs and shit he didn't do anything cool on jars computers, so everything mm-hmm. was written down he had folders mm-hmm. like piles of folders it was very bizarre but yeah so i did two months and i couldn't wait it couldn't was wait. the last two months of the year right. and new year's eve came around and i was like fuck it midnight yes
0: yeah and i drank with you i think that night
1: uh-huh. so yeah, it's but- it's I don't think that I'll ever be able to. I, don't I think see. it's
0: hard for me not to paint everybody else with the same brush I painted myself with though. Mm-hmm. Like I look at other people, I, but see, I can smell the other alcoholics though. And like sometimes physically, but like mentally I can smell it. Mm-hmm. Also, I haven't been around other people in so long that I don't even know. Do you know what I mean? This quarantine has been a motherfucker, but like mm-hmm. when I, you know, pre, pre quarantine, like when at the tattoo shop, I could tell an alcoholic, I could just tell, I could just yeah. tell we can tell. Mm-hmm. got our senses up but it's hard for me not to paint everybody with the same brush as me because like my sister she'll drink three fucking white claws and go to sleep you know what i mean like my brother-in-law works in beer and he'll actually get drunk like every once in a while like once a week or something mm-hmm. and then the rest of the week is a normal dude he doesn't even get drunk once a week sometimes he won't get drunk for two three weeks and it's not mm-hmm. like a falling down blackout drunk it's just a goofy ass woohoo Right. You know what I mean? It's not like this fucking shit that I was doing where I was putting everything, over, putting alcohol on top of it, over everything else,
1: everything.
0: Know? So I don't know, man, it's, it's so weird. Cause we have this podcast. We discuss alcoholism. We commiserate about alcoholism. You have the Instagram page. You have like eight Instagram pages. I don't know what the fuck. They only doing. allow
1: you like five,
0: but um, I know because you're home alone during a quarantine. So you're just doing skits about alcoholism, I guess, but it. Yeah. You're far more focused on it than I am in your life. So it is definitely a thing you look at a lot. You know, you, so, you you do a lot of soul searching.
1: Yes. And um, so I do want to talk about the, you know, different perspectives and different people. And, you know, I think that you and I, one, are not here to prescribe or push our particular program, right? No. We're, I'm not interested in that to each his own. And, um, and also, I think that you and I, Um, we've had a very similar experience in both drinking and recovery. We have come to an agreement between the both of us that for the most part, we're not going to drink, you know, or for the most part, what's the agreement? The agreement is we're not going to drink and we're going to come talk about it for a week, every, every week. That's our agreement, right? Pretty much. And so I trust that we're on the same page about most things. Obviously not everything, like you just said. Um, but everybody's different. And, you know, I think that what I try to say here to people who are listening. There's only, there's only a few people that it's going to affect. It's, this is not for everybody. The conversation right. we're having is not for everybody. Right. And if you hear something that doesn't jibe with you, then you can just hit stop.
0: Right. It's just like going to a meeting and (laughs) the lady starts (laughs) talking about Trump and Jesus. I go, I don't give a fuck. Right.
1: Exactly. So, um, for those of you after last week, we had a bit of a, um, it was an interesting show for me and it brought a lot, brought on a lot of, um, some heavy emotions.
0: It fucked you up worse than it fucked me up. I gotta be honest with you, dude. Yeah. I think you're still holding it.
1: So I'm going to try and let it go today. Right. And um
0: <laughs> I, I'm just being direct. It fucked you up. I don't anyway, whatever. It dude.
1: did well, it it did, it did. And so we had a friend of ours who um, and you can go back and you can listen to it and it's all there. Yes, and last week. Last week. Yeah. And he said, Oh, I started drinking again. And I was like, What? And he's like, Well, I have about an ounce of wine. And he said he when I talked to him afterwards. He said something to the effect of i only have very rarely it's like months in between it's not mm-hmm. a weekly thing it's not a nightly thing yeah and i was like well this, and to me that doesn't seem sober
0: it doesn't meet my definitions of sober right. because i am right. but i'm i'm i am subscribing to abstinence from mm-hmm. alcohol Yes. I shouldn't expect anybody else to subscribe to that. Even you shouldn't have to subscribe to that because of my definition of what it is. And so if there that's make this podcast real weird. That's our,
1: that's our agreement currently is abstinence. with each other
0: more or less. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm accountable, or less. we're accountable to each other's friends, you know?
1: Right. Right. But I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't hold you to, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't admonish you. Right. No, and so, I don't so, think so I, we shouldn't uh, No. I, a lot of times, I'll get this assumption that somebody's on the same team and on the same page, mm-hmm. and I think that they are. You know, our friend is still on my team. He's my friend. Well, and he's he supports me.
0: Drank alcoholically. We're alcoholics. Right. He's on right. your team because he's an alcoholic, and so are you. Right.
1: And so, for him to say that, I think immediately I felt a little like the bottom had dropped out. I felt like I felt my I felt kind of betrayed. But mm-hmm. that's just all in my head. Because I'm not living his life, and I'm not living his. How is he betraying you? He has no. Exactly. Well, it's like I said, it's all right. And
0: so you're being. I know, and I'm over here like,
1: but but that's the feeling that I got because I had built up this whole scenario, this whole narrative in my head about like, welcome to sober bros, right, with the shield of, AA and abstinence, right. And I'm like, oh, that was just mine. That was just that's just my life. That's little...
0: weird. You're weird, dude. That's fucking really weird.
1: <laughs> I just I don't know. That's... I love you.
0: I love you though my heart, but that's that's some that's some so fruity shit.
1: <laughs> so that didn't that's not the that's not the truth, and that's not the case. I know it's right. Not. Um, that's because that's obviously not that's not what happened. And so I felt betrayed, and then I was like, well, wait a second, it's none of my fucking business. And if if I am going to take what we say literally. And if I'm going to practice what I preach, it's like, well, you do you, I'll do me. It's not for everybody. You should find it your own way. There's all kinds of ways to enjoy a better life with no or with less alcohol. Right. If, if somebody said, Hey man, I'm not ready to give it all up, but I think I'm going to cut back. I'd say, that's great. You should do that. Yeah. You know, like that's great. You should do that. If it doesn't, if it doesn't fit into your life, now, if somebody says, hey, John, I'm drinking a very small amount every frequently, would I call that sober for me? No. Mm-hmm. But if that works for you, then I, I guess good on you. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so I I I I think that it's really, and I, I think with me and our friend, like it's a it's a test for me because it's easy for me to talk about these things in the abstract to strangers. I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then it's different when I have to talk directly to a friend who I've known for years and drank with for years. No. Right. I mean, that's, so I think that it affected me. I worked through it. I understand it. I accept it. Um, and you know, i I'm here to support and help. I don't know though, man.
0: The fact that we are
1: dedicating,
0: I mean a whole podcast to it. Do you know what I mean? Means Mm -hmm. that you're still working through it though. Like, sure. and I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm resilient. Like I've had shit shake me in in, uh, recovery. But the one thing I know that drunk people do is they drink.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. That's us. We were talking about earlier. I was just like drunk people drink. And sometimes drunk people stop drinking alcoholically and they just drink. Mm -hmm. every once in a while and and that's what they do have i seen in all honesty the people i know who have done it in the past it doesn't work for them right that being said this is me observing from an outside source watching them eventually drink go back to where they were before Mm -hmm. i can't speak for what you know we talked about with coda last week I i can't i don't know the context he and i don't talk very much anyway but I I love him with all my heart and and we have one of those friendships where we kind of hit each other up every once in a while but I can't speak to what is going on in his life or what he's doing with his shit and I I just and I'm not trying to be like yo I'm tougher than you but I've had people in rooms who I sat next to shared feelings with and then they go back out and fucking die so you know what I'm saying like and that hurts me and this person is not my best friend but I was like yo I thought we were all in the same boat and you fucking die in lane county jail because you fucking drink yourself to death and have you know what i mean or you fucking od on fucking oxys and Mm -hmm. that happened a few times to me in early recovery so to me i was like well that's what we do we get fucked up yeah i know earlier in in previous podcasts i've always said you know i hate it when they try to scare you and say not all of us are going to make it but they're right not all of us are going to make it dude just because you and I haven't figured out for the little short period of time we haven't had it figured out doesn't mean we haven't figured out, you know? Nothing is certain, man, nothing. I mean, you could wake up tomorrow with dick cancer. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why I'm so dick-centric <laughs> today. But like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, nothing's yes. certain. The only thing is certain is like, I don't know, the, the uncertainty of it all, I guess. But that being said, like, I've, I'm, I feel bad. I'm sorry that I fucked you up. I know it definitely shook you and you were like, dang, dude, you know? And I was like, well, cool, man. Like I was shocked is the wrong word. Cause I was just like, well, cool, man, if you're going to do what you do and then good luck, hit me up. If it gets out of hand and if it does, it will fuck. Tell me how you got it to work because I would like that to work for me as well in Mm -hmm. the long run. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like if I were offered some fucking thing to be able to drink non-alcoholically, I'd probably take it because I'm an alcoholic and I'm waiting for the good times. Do you know what I'm saying? Like,
1: Yeah, there was there was well, um, a couple things. I understand that the program can have a lot of fear mongering. And that's a real big, right. And
0: I just I just I guess the only reason before I don't mean to interrupt the only reason I bring that up is because I, I, I'm also I'm also um, following that with like, we're not all gonna make it though.
1: Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Like, so it's true. I just don't want to sound like a hypocrite, even though I'm a huge hypocrite.
1: So I, and I think that when I talked to him, you know, that was another thing was like the fucking fear mongering, man. Like, I just don't need that shit in my life. And, and I get it. And, and I totally, totally get it because I didn't have to be here. I didn't have to, it's quite possible. I could still be drunk somewhere. Right. Yeah. Oh So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. so I don't, I don't look at now. I don't, I don't impose <sighs> mm-hmm. like when I talk to people or people reach out to me, I don't impose that sort of. You better be afraid, Um, Um, but I've always, the people that I've helped in the past, I've just kind of laid it out and said, well, this is what happened with me. This is the experience. I have heard this repeatedly, these experiences from other people, both who have relapsed or who have gone on or who have struggled after 7, 10, 12, 20 years, and they're just like, eh, why not? I got this licked. (laughs) So, um, those are the stories that I hear, but Mm -hmm. I also hear stories of people who have quit entirely. I have yet to hear a story of somebody who has successfully gone back. Now, again, maybe that's because I'm not running in those circles. Maybe that's because the people who successfully go back to having drinking like a gentleman or a gentle lady. (laughs) are not going to recovery meetings every single fucking goddamn week right Mm -hmm. so there could be a whole scope of experiences in moderation that i'm not um privy to because i just don't run in those circles and it doesn't make any sense to me i got invited to go to There's like some, you know, the restaurant I work at, they're going to go to some winery and they're going to, it's this, like the guy who like sold his, he used to work for Pixar and he's got like a train in his house or some shit. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it'll be fun and you should come. And I said, well, you know what happens with these things is I go to these things, everybody gets drunk in the morning and I'm usually just covering my glass or not. And it's, I'm not interested in the South facing East slopes and the, you know, right the clay-like soil and blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. Cheese it ain't that matter. fucking
0: good now. That cheese, cheese ain't that not,
1: good. I'm not fucking with the cheese this month. So. Right, so who even? So I appreciate them inviting me and wanting to be there, but I'm just not going to go. But again, so there's people who having, maybe have an experience where they drink alcoholically, they quit, and they can incorporate it back into their life in some way that makes them feel normal, which is what I think, you know, we all want on some level. I just know that I have to push my interests, focus and attention into other venues of quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm. It just, it's a, it cannot, alcohol cannot be a part of that for me. Right. Yeah, same here. And so I think also I, you know, with everybody who's listening to this, like I feel a certain level of obligation to be clear about the message that i present for myself so i mean i think that's part of also why it kind of fucked me up is like what am i doing here but this is part of the experience this is part of life alcoholism is messy and it's weird and it's complicated well it's part of the spectrum dude right you know like mm-hmm.
0: and this podcast is just a podcast that's all it is mm-hmm if you are depending i gotta be honest if you are depending on this podcast like if you're out there listening and you're like my recovery depends on this podcast then you're fucking up that's all i gotta say because john and i are totally fallible this podcast is completely fallible this podcast is barely a choice i'm making every week i gotta be honest with you (laughs) so if you're like i need this podcast to stay sober you need to find other things in your life to keep you sober now that being said I understand your concern for what is the message I'm putting out since other people are consuming what we're mm-hmm. saying to each other. Even though this initially started as a two-way conversation, it has now become a, a, a small group of people listening to us have a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. But I also feel like it, in no way should this podcast be your only form of recovery. No. So if you're listening to last week's podcast, you're like John and Jerry's friend drink drinks a sip of wine every four months. I might as well go back out and drink or that we are being like, um, in, in genuine. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I don't know, because our reaction to it wasn't, didn't admonishment
1: or shame. Right. Yeah.
0: Why would I admonish anyone for fucking drinking? That goes absolutely against the program I've been right. using. Like why the fuck go back in the room? If everybody's going to make you feel bad for doing what right. we're all born to do. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't mean to be so harsh about it. I'm just saying like, if we're the only thing keeping you sober. And that one episode is what pulls you over the edge. You got a lot of other things you got to deal with. And I would suggest Mm -hmm. finding a zoom meeting, finding a recovery meeting, finding Mm -hmm. another alcoholic who's an actual person, not just me and John talking in our rooms, you know, like, I, I don't know, man. So to me, and I also understand like you have a lot more invested in this thing than I do. Like your time, your effort and stuff. I just show up. I'm grouchy. I say some shit. I talk about my penis and then we're out, you know, Mm -hmm. but I see where you're coming from. But that also to me, I was like, cause I did, I was like, well, damn, should I have like come down on his ass and be like, I don't think that's a good idea. But even when we were friends and we were drinking, when I did that shit with him and with you and with anybody in my circle, y'all were like, shut the fuck up, dude. You're out of your lane. Get back in your lane. Mm -hmm. So for me, if you ask me, do you think that's fucked up? I'm like, I'm going to be like, I don't think it's fucked up, but I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work for Mm me. I don't know what's going to work for you. I'll watch Mm -hmm. you. And if it's not working, I'll come help you out, hold you up because you're my fucking boy. But right. It wouldn't work for me. Like I couldn't just have a little taste. I just couldn't do it. It just doesn't work for me.
1: T-shirts too small, dude. (laughs) T-shirts too small,
0: dude. (laughs) It becomes like a fucking sweatband. I don't get the mean to get so emotional, but not emotional, but just so
1: you know? No, I appreciate I gotta it. You got to police my
0: tone sometimes because I'm just like, yo, dude. Sometimes in recovery, though, some people really need something to hold them up. I get it. And people out there are desperate and sad. And some motherfuckers are just like being titty babies about it. And we all got to fucking rub some dirt on our ass and not be a titty baby sometimes. You just got to fucking deal with life on life's terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what any of that means. I'm turning into fucking Rush Limbaugh over here. Like, <laughs> you know, but like if, if you're being a crybaby you gotta look in the mirror and be like yo i am kind of being a little too you gotta get through a little it too soft and wet right now like so you gotta get through it dude because life gotta sucks get through it. i'm soft and wet all the time about all the time things i am dude i bitching i slept four hours last night but doing nothing but bitching about it
1: well also you're i mean it's the it's the wide breadth of the human experience jerry <laughs> it's all exactly
0: of it. and i would hate to disregard what someone's feeling i just well when I just, i'm not I saying know where i'm coming from as a human being i'm like
1: i need to regard what i'm feeling right. and i need to one and this is this is what i've learned is i need to be i need to be in touch with myself
0: yeah, <laughs> I <need> to, yeah.
1: <laughs> but i also need to know when i'm when i'm when i'm i can't I need to call myself out on my own bullshit. Right. I can't listen to my excuses. My brain right. is full of excuses. My yes. brain is full of things that mm-hmm. are, you know, gonna make me justify all kinds of behaviors that I hate and that make right. me hate myself. Right. So I cannot listen to those things either. And I think that's what you know, I know that's what you're saying. Right. And if this podcast is the only thing, then you are correct. There needs to be, it's a, it's, I've heard the phrase, it's a three-legged stool. And you can't, if you take one of the legs away, you can't stand. So you need legs, you need to have Mm -hmm. things in place so that when one of them goes away, whether it be in-person meetings or a podcast you really like or service or any of those things, you need to make sure that you have all of these things so that your stool can stay upright if one of them goes away, you have to replace it with something else. You have to find right. something else. Mm-hmm. You have to... So I think that, yes, and it's fine to feel what you feel and be sad or be depressed or feel angry, but staying there has never led me to, or just saying, well, well here, let me ask you this. At what point do I say like sugar consumption, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at, at a certain point, you, who were using food in some ways to replace alcohol? We all were. We all do food. Yeah. Sugar. At what point were you just like that moment where you're like, "This is fucking gotta stop." I have. I, I was always know. fat though. <laughs> well, <laughs> you so know what I'm, I'm saying I.
0: though? Well, like, I was always fat, so it's not like when I got sober I gained weight. Right. When I got sober was I just ate more sugar? Mm-hmm. It was all pragmatic. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't have this. I have a different relationship with food than you do, though. Because well, for me, it was very pragmatic. I didn't look at it and go, this sugar is too much. It's got to stop. It's just ruining my life. I didn't have that moment. I thought, I don't want to be fat anymore and feel like shit and almost shit my pants every day and have heartburn. So I'm <laughs> going to lose weight. So what's going to make me lose weight? Cutting calories. What's full of fucking calories? Sugar. sugar. Sugar's full of calorie. Bread's full of calories. I can eat these things, but I have to try to eat them within moderation. Which right. then, of course, starts the Jerry weird fucking neurotic ten points of like everything has to stack up and be perfect like my mom the other day was like you really annoy me because you have to plan everything out to the minute and i'm like yeah yeah because if i don't have control over what's going on around me Mm -hmm. fucking chaos i can't handle it i'll shit my pants to have heartburn you know so for me it's it wasn't this emotional thing where like Mm -hmm. with you you're like fuck this is fucking up my life i'm just like yo i don't want to feel this way more so i'm not going to do this yeah you know Yeah. So it wasn't like this, this thing is taking over my life. It was more like I need to improve what's going on with me, you know, where bourbon was taking over my life. I'd rather drink than be with my wife and kid. I'd rather be Mm. fucking drunk than feel anything. Mm -hmm. So that took over my life. But Reese's peanut butter cups, nah, I just didn't. I just, I love them with all my heart, but I'm not going to eat 10 of them under cover of night. Do you know what I mean? Like a sneaky motherfucker, I just won't. Yeah. I'll have a fucking apple. Apple makes yeah. you full, yeah. You know,
1: so you—you you are cakes, correct. Dude. I have I have a far more emotional connection to. You that. have a yeah. very
0: emotional connection with food, and I, this is not me roasting on your ass. You just we approach things in two different ways. You're you're very controlling over the way that you want to approach these things, and I'm very mm-hmm. controlling on the way I schedule these things. You mm-hmm. know, like I like schedules, and which is weird as fuck because I've never been like that. But I like I'm a good compartmentalizer. I put mm-hmm. things in boxes. Mm-hmm. and they need to stay in those boxes and once they go out of the box everybody can go fuck themselves yeah it like infuriates me dude that's why i was earlier my wife was getting ready and shit i was like are you serious motherfucker like you know every week got this podcast at noon you're putting on makeup at eleven fifty five in front of the computer like you're fucking with my box right now like you're fucking around with it i don't mm-hmm. like it do you know yeah. what i'm saying so it's this is that that's yeah. my Pathology. Yours is way mm. different. But yeah. we do meet, we have that middle ground in that we both laugh at each other and we both are fucking did a little bit too much glug glug. You know what I mean? Our approach to the glug glug was very, very similar.
1: Very similar. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have found um pragmatic steps toward my emotional attachment to food have been extraordinarily helpful. Have, um, yeah, I imagine so. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. I but so I, you know, one thing that I thought was I bought a scale and I thought yeah. that it was going to be like, Oh fuck, here we go again. All the measuring, all the compartmentalizing, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, one, I stepped on the scale and I was like, Oh, it's not as bad as I thought.
0: Yes. Okay. And you're t- okay. Wait, hold on. Wait, let's let's suss out the scale thing. Cause you're like, yo, I gained like 10 pounds and I'm like, have you weighed yourself? You're like, no, I'm just eyeballing it. I'm like, what are you fucking eyeballing it? I'm like, buy a scale. And then you'll have some watermark, like some right. measure. Right? right. So you did that. And then you were like, Oh, I guess it wasn't 10 pounds. <laughs> well, it was <laughs> or 20 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know,
1: yeah. It was a little bit more, but I was like, "Oh, okay, this is this is totally manageable." Yes, and so absolutely. then it's like, "Okay, what are the other behaviors and how do we replace these with how do we find better habits and how do we mm-hmm. find like And so I also asked for help. Right? So a woman I know who's a uh who's a nutritionist. She does some other stuff too, but um she sent me these these paper, these paperwork, mm-hmm. what do you call them? Uh, I don't know, worksheets mm-hmm. about cravings. And I was like, oh, right. okay. So like, what were you doing two hours before the craving, one hour before the craving? How do you feel in the midst of it? How do you feel after you give into it? How do you feel after you don't give into it? How do right. you feel an hour afterwards? And so mm-hmm. it gave me these tools, right? Tools. We say that a lot. To use. And I was like, okay, so now I have something to combat this, to understand it, to let it go eventually, right? All this shit is about letting it all go. Everything. Just let the problems go, let the things that cause the problems go. Let my attachments to the things that cause the problems go. Can I can I release alcohol? Can I release sugar? Can I release my relationship with my father? Can I release my dysfunctional relationships in the past with women? All of these things. Do I have to be attached to any of this shit? I don't have to. Right. I just need to find the right tools mm-hmm. to let those things go for me. That's right. what it's all about. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you won't. And sometimes I won't. And those... You know what I'm
0: saying though? Like, yes. I've always felt like this whole thing is so abstract. Like mm-hmm. it's bigger to me than just not drinking anymore. It's like working on yeah. myself. But then I'm like, well, am I doing the work right? Am I doing it correct? How do well, I know? I... But I, you know, I know I don't feel like shit all the time. That's how mm-hmm. I
1: know. Mm -hmm. And I
0: don't fucking fly off the handles. I still do. You're Mm going to not let shit go. You're going to die unresolved, straight up. I'm not going to, I don't want to say a dick. You know what? I'm done. We're both going to die unresolved. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, you're not going to be able to figure it all out. We're not going to be able to let it all go. I'm sorry. I should be using my I statements. I'm going to die unresolved. There are things I will never be able to let go. They're just, Mm -hmm. it just will. It just is. I just, the acceptance of that is more freeing than letting the shit go sometimes. Yeah sometimes I have to look in the mirror and be like, you're a fucking mess. And that's all right. Just try yeah. not to mess all over everybody else today. Yeah. You know, and the days you have your tiny victories, celebrate them. It's just like yeah. you in the scale and looking at it and be like, okay, this is manageable. Yeah. You know, when I first started losing weight, I weighed myself every fucking day and I did it for life. Okay, so I've been now <sighs> maintaining calories since 2018. Mm-hmm. I lost. 50 pounds in like six months, dude. Uh, like I pushed, yeah. like I was eating 1400 calories a day. Like Damn. that is, that's not how you're supposed to do that. You're it's supposed to do it gradually. <laughs> yes. I've to the point where people at the tattoo shop are like, are you okay? Do you have cancer? But I weighed myself every day. I don't weigh myself every day anymore. I weigh myself like every three or four days, but maybe mm-hmm. what is manageable for you is instead of weighing yourself every day, just weigh mm-hmm. yourself every Thursday just to yeah. get it, just to yeah. get a meter. Just to feed, see where you're at, and then yeah. what is what's your BM? What's supposed to be your healthy BMI for a guy your age and your size? Do you, are you do you know that know. yet, or like a yeah. healthy weight? So you're what, 43? forty four? Forty.
1: I just turned forty four. I just had a birthday. So you're forty four. Yeah.
0: You're like six foot one or something, mm-hmm. kind of a tall mm-hmm. dude. So so like I go online. I'm like, okay, because I let's talk about weight loss. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just okay because I've gained weight since I've been here. I've gained about five pounds. About uh-huh. more or less between three to five pounds, I fluctuate, right? Because with water and salt and shit, and you're heavier some days than other days. So I'm like 158 right now. And I want to be at like 153, 155, somewhere in that range. So then I go online, I look it up. I'm like, what's a healthy weight for a guy my age, 45, who will be 46, and he's like five foot nine? Because I'm about five foot nine, five ten somewhere there. And I'm right at it. They're like 160 pounds. So I'm still under it. You know what I mean? So you mm-hmm. got to look and be like, I would. But sometimes they're wrong. Like you'll get some weird European shit that's like you need to be one thirty-five. And I'm like, one thirty-five? Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like when I was at 149, everybody thought I was dying. I was like a fucking scarecrow. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just and also, do you do you feel healthy? I mean, where's the ideal you're working towards? Your goal weight is it for health? Is it to fit into that small t shirt finally? Is it that what is it? You know what I mean? Like
1: it's health. Yes, it's health, health of course. Right? It's health. Um, you know, do you have I- one of these. No, not yet. You
0: should look into getting something like this because then you can monitor your heart rate with it and be like, okay, this is my resting heart rate. That's a healthy, resting heart rate. Or I need to, and I imagine your heart rate's great because you run, you run more mm-hmm. than I do. Yeah. Yeah, so you're working that muscle.
1: Yeah, the know. heart the heart, and the lungs are pretty good. The last time I, was, I got checked, they were like, wow, you've got really great lung capacity i, said, I, I love
0: know. it now isn't that great you go to the doctor and you don't hear bad <laughs> shit they're like you have excellent heart rate for a man right? your age i'm yeah, like really exactly. She's like, yeah your your blood pressure is fucking killing it whereas before they were like yeah you're borderline boom, boom. high blood pressure right you know back in 2017 right <clears> so i yeah. don't know you can't eyeball some of that shit you gotta like be a little more exact i don't so, know why you're giving you advice so i'm sorry no I no apologize. no 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 i need no,
1: I appreciate that. this. This is great. This is fine. This is good. I appreciate it. This is
0: not the roast of John Staley.
1: No, no, that's that's. Because I love you, I,
0: I guess I'm. That's another. That's a. That's the. Uh, gee, gluten is not your problem. Your try weekly. Yeah.
1: My try weekly. Yes. tri weekly podcast. So yeah, so I'm using these tools. I'm learning from you, right? I'm but, like saying, okay, well, you've done this. How have you done this? And then other things that worked for me what worked for you and why I'm doing it. What is the purpose? You know, Mm -hmm. I've also noticed that I have, you know, started to gain a little bit more muscle. I've been doing some, so it's like, yeah, so, so, right. So there's Mm -hmm. the weight is going up in certain ways and these come back down in others. And it's like, okay. And I'm starting to kind of go, you're pretty fucking normal in that respect, John. So you're not Mm -hmm. abnormal and you're not like, you're not where, where you were at. Where you think right. you know, it's all mm-hmm. again, it's all up in my head. So, and again, normal is another thing that I think people want to when they're drinking, not drinking, or especially when we quit as alcoholics, there's this desire to want to feel normal. And I think that's right you know, something else that you that I imagine when you want to have a sip of wine with dinner or something like that. But that's
0: normalcy right and so that's what we were talking about with Mm -hmm. with homeboy last Mm -hmm. week you know he's like i'm just tasting it you know and you and i are like okay like good Mm -hmm. luck with that and for you you were like i don't know like i don't know i think you felt like you said you felt a little betrayed you're like i thought you were in the boat with us but you're in a different boat you're in that boat with those people over there who are moderating
1: right and that's that's fine that boat's all on fire bats flying out of it (laughs) right fire and bats i'm smiling if you're listening right now instead of watching us,
0: that's i'm joking um
1: so yeah i i understand the desire to want to be normal and to be comfortable and i when i think about you know like going to a wine tasting but i'm like man i'm not interested in that shit at all like i no, but um i I wine
0: tastes like shit to me it always has
1: I also know that it just
0: does.
1: Yeah. I also know that if I tried to be normal, if I tried to, you know, uh, moderate, I wouldn't, I, cause I can already feel it. I can be like, fuck moderation, dude. Let us finally, that little part of my brain Oh, if they had
0: found out some operation or like even Mm -hmm. the alcoholics say, but the whole fucking thing, Oh, if they could give me a pill that would quit make me quit drinking, I'd take two of them, you know, like, but yeah. yeah, but in my brain, I do think like if there was mm-hmm. some change that allowed me to drink like a normal person, it's fucking would, party time. It's party time. It's time I'd be to looking get for loophole, right? I'd yeah, be looking for the loophole, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: How to take advantage of it. How, dude, to, it, how it's to fucking
0: snake eating its own tail, dude. That's the whole mm-hmm. fucking Schrodinger's cat of the motherfucker, mm-hmm. you know, like the whole puzzle, the mind puzzle.
1: There was some nonsense. Somebody was working on something that was, I think it was on Vice News. And it was this thing that it doesn't exist yet, or at least it's not available. But it was kind of like this thing you could drink that was, it didn't have alcohol in it, but it had something else that gave you some sort of the, gave you some of the positive effects of alcohol of making you feel relaxed and comfortable without any of the uh, bad mm-hmm. side effects.
0: There's just a Xanax crushed up in water.
1: Right. So, yeah. but I, I I know too that like, you know what I don't I mean? feel like, like there's any free lunches out there, Jerry. No, there isn't. In that,
0: that vice and their shit. Young right. people, listen, young people, <laughs> just drinking Xanax crushed up in water. What's the difference whether it's booze or Percocet or special mineral water from some Icelandic fucking geyser that make that alters your alters your um, reality? Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, to, if you use it to get fucked up, you're using it to get fucked up. Right. Whether it's holding your breath or doing whippets, like I fucking loved whippets. I, I loved Whippets so much, That's dude.
1: Crazy. I remember how stupid.
0: Too. I was fucking huffing nitrous oxide out of fucking whipped cream chargers to get like lightheaded to feel different. You know, it doesn't matter. That's not alcohol.
1: I remember going to the porno shop to buy crackers and balloons and, uh, yeah, dude, and, uh, canisters, chargers. But what yes. was That
0: too. It's like, yo, I'm going to fucking <laughs> whack off and do Whippets all night, which what? I've done. I so I yeah. don't know,
1: you know. Yes. Yeah. You and me both. Yo,
0: I'm going to watch mad porn and do mad Whippets is gonna come over i gotta fit the scotch gross but right that is gross but what i guess what i'm saying is you're right there's no there we're always looking for the loophole and the workaround. the loophole literally is just crushed always. up fucking xanax and yeah. water
1: and so Come so on now. Not, I just I don't think that and so again, I would say that the only thing that you and I are that well the one one of the main thing is the abstinence is basically the thing that we agree on as it far works as works for us. Goes. Well, it I'm
0: agreeing with us. myself more than I agree to you. I you hold me accountable. I for, agree to correct. myself, right? I'm not like yo, I owe John this. I no. owe him this. No, but I do think if I don't show up and because I'm drunk, it's gonna fuck his shit up you know what i mean mm-hmm. imagine if i started drinking that fuck your shit up even worse you'd just be like
1: <clears throat> if you started drinking that would make for it would be a very different podcast and i don't know that it would
0: we just keep still doing the podcast We'd be like how you do today i'm like real hungover and fucking slowly turn it into a thumb
1: yeah i, I while my that. and then just
0: this room would get emptier and emptier <laughs> eventually just be me podcasting on my phone uh- yeah, the on the a cell phone yes. yeah because making it all up it'd be like later drunk ass yeah that. so let's look at that like i oh, walk it this is good right we walk it forward what happens yeah. if you drink jerry can okay, walk that shit forward or play Podcasting the tape back. on a
1: cell phone yeah
0: just on my fucking crack screen
1: <laughs> basically not
0: homeless but definitely not with a home do you know yeah, what i mean like right? i don't have a house but i'm not houseless either though somewhere like, I'm in, in that middle ground mm-hmm. yeah
1: Yeah, man, I I just, um, but if
0: like, if you started drinking, I fucking wouldn't be mad at you. I'd be like, yeah, figures, we're alcoholics. It's what we do. Right. I mean, I have faith in you to continue being abstinent from alcohol. But at the same point, if you started drinking, I wouldn't clutch my pearls and be shocked. I'd be like, right. Yeah, he's a drunk. It's what we do. Right. He needs me. He can call me. I'll reach out to you once or twice. And if you don't want me to, I won't reach out to you. Yeah. But if you need me, you can always hit me up. Always. Because,
1: and
0: that goes to the. Well, not straight. I don't know y'all strangers' asses, but hit me up on Instagram.
1: Mm-hmm. Just don't
0: call my personal number. I need that.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I don't want to But to seriously, my if you're
0: listening to this podcast and I'm over here saying all this shit and you're like, dang, I'm having a hard time, like send me a message on Instagram at Jerry Wagner Jr., I'll talk to you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, dude. We need each <clears> other. But at the same time, we also need to realize that you lose you lose some from the herd, man.
1: Yeah. I think um Uh, not that i don't want
0: Coda to think we've written him off because we're already saying his name like i know Coda listens to this (laughs) yes yes and i don't want him to think oh i've written you off or i think there's something wrong with you i just absolutely not do do what you're doing it's like it's a spectrum like you said john all of our perceptions of recovery is a spectrum you and i we are abstinent some people are like very very moderate some people are moderate some people are drunk as fuck and trying you know what i mean like
1: it doesn't yeah and i so I don't, and I don't want to come with any judgment. And that, like I said, that betrayal no, was all in my head, because it. it wasn't real. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't, I don't judge him or anybody else. I really, really, really don't. Um, unless, and even then it's not a judgment, but if you're going to infringe upon my boundaries and it's not even the alcohol use, it's the behaviors that come with it that are right. the problem. Right. It, like I, we don't
0: mind you drinking. Right. No. Yeah, exactly. I'm go ahead. Sorry.
1: It's the behaviors. Got it's excited. calling me at three o'clock in the morning. It's fucking, mm-hmm. you know, shitting on the floor. It's mm-hmm. um making a mess of your life and those around you. That's mm-hmm. the problem. It's not the inert whiskey sitting in a bottle on a shelf at Safeway, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's all the behaviors that come around it. So when those change, then yes, boundaries will be drawn. I will be able to help you. The that help will be conditional.
0: Yeah, of course, dude. You gotta,
1: right? Because of those. yourself behaviors. while
0: you're doing this shit.
1: Yeah. hmm I'm mm-hmm. happy to listen. I'm happy to help if you want help. That's the other thing, right? Didn't isn't that what your um your dad said? Something like if people aren't asking for help, then there's nothing for you to do, right? right. Exactly. So that's exactly in any case, all in cases. any case of all cases, right? So if nobody's asking for help, then it's none of my fucking business. Right. I also will not suffer bad behavior that crosses boundaries that I have set in my life. Hear that, Walter? (laughs) Just (laughs) just call it everybody out. Walter doesn't do that. I'm
0: just playing. I like to give Walter a hard time.
1: He's extraordinarily respectful. Uh, He's a very uh, he's not going
0: to hit you up before the morning. Be like, listen, listen.
1: Well, I turn the phone off. He he does occasionally. I'll get a strange text message, but no. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, so I mean, that's that's the bottom line, right? So if you need help, give me a call, send me a message. But if the behavior is going to be something that I can't tolerate, then I'll, I'll let you know. So do you, do you know what I mean? And yes, yeah, no, you have
0: your boundaries. No, no
1: judgment. No we got judgment. boundaries. Yeah, that should
0: be our A is for alcoholic. We got boundaries. We got boundaries. We got boundary, <laughs> boundary issues.
1: <laughs> so so yeah, man, I'm I'm like fucking hopeful and helpful. And like, there's no, there's no love lost right? because of it. It was just not, I was, it was unexpected.
0: I know. And, it, and it's been on your mind. So we might as well address it on the podcast. Cause this is what this podcast has been this entire time. Anyways, just addressing Basically. our issues with everything. So, you know, everybody get prepped for next week when we have an intervention with Coda on the podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why don't you have a seat?
0: Which it's um, a lot of people who really love you here, man. He's, mm-hmm. he's going to be listening to this in his car
1: being like, those fucking assholes. <laughs> and I'll, I'll get Jeff Van Vondren, uh from uh, the show Intervention. Then he'll be like,
0: even fucking worse. I love this guy's work. <laughs> son of a bitch, I love this guy's work.
1: <sighs> you know, so I, I think, yeah, all right. Live and let live. L is for live and let live. That was the L,
0: and then I was going to be like, what do you mean live and let live? Nobody's done anything wrong to us. I should be well, I think, like, let's talk about sex. Oh, let's that's talk. what L is.
1: Let's talk about sex. We it happens do
0: it sober. It's freaky as shit. Mm-hmm. We have it, but what? I Can't even fill an hour. But well, just yeah. be like, yeah, whatever your version of sex is. Do that sober and see what happens. It's weird as mm-hmm. fuck at first. Then yeah. after a
1: while, it's just normal mm-hmm. like everything else. No, I mean, I mean, live and let live. In that, in that, what. What somebody else does is none of my fucking business. And that's yeah, okay. where that's that where makes, I got invested in somebody it. else's Thank life, you. right? Mm-hmm. I got invested. I allowed myself and my well-being to be contingent <laughs> upon somebody else's actions and behaviors. Right. That was none of my business.
0: Word. And but you learned a very soft you learned a lesson in a very soft way. Yes. And you should be grateful for that. I'm not that I'm, you know what I'm not going to tell you what to be grateful for. But at least it wasn't like you learn, oh, my friend has a little mouthful of wine, uh, supposedly once every few months. It's a lot better than, oh, my friend started fucking mainline and meth again and he stole my TV and fucked my dog. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which that shit happens too. maybe so- not the dog fucking probably the dog fucking with meth, though. Maybe probably with meth. Someone's so it was, you're right. It
1: was a soft lesson and I'm, I'm, I am grateful for it. I shouldn't uh, tell you what to
0: be grateful for. This whole thing know, is can, me crossing all my boundaries with you, dude. I'm you're sorry. Fine. You're totally I know. fine.
1: I just, I and I was thinking about you too. Cause a lot of times we talk about the programs that we work and whether or not we, um, we work them well and you are, you sometimes say, oh, I don't know, don't listen to me. I'm not working a fucking program I'm worth of shit or whatever, a garbage but program. <laughs> But I was thinking about you and I'm like, so here's a guy who's a devoted husband, who's a caring, loving father, who is now a trusted part of a household, who's building a house, who at some point, you know, there's there's all these things. So obviously, whatever program you are working is not garbage. It's working. Right? Yeah, it could and so be better.
0: But yeah, yeah, I guess it'll do for now.
1: And this also made me think that we both got sober in a particular 12 step program, mm-hmm. but that in, within those 12, that 12 step program, there are just many different ways to go about it and to look Yes, at, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when they say, you know, what, find what feels good or find what works for you. Um, mm-hmm. I would only, I would only couple that with know what your excuses are, right? Ooh, I have to yeah. know, I have to know what my bullshit is so that yeah. I don't listen mm-hmm. to it. So that's, that's the big caveat with, you know, find what feels good. Find what works for you because I found what works for me. And then I have the other part of my brain. That's like, yeah, man, but like, give yourself a break. It's yeah. Yeah. It's all right. No, you don't need to today or you should have a little bit more. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not those, not those voices. Not today, man. I'm not, I'm not interested. And I feel good today for the Good. most part it's been yeah. fucking it's been a week i've cut out the sugar i've cut out the carbs
0: you're not feeling I not,
1: mean no i don't Good. i've been eating i'm i, I come home and <laughs> i eat a bowl of frozen blueberries uh-huh with a spoon yeah because they get my finger they stain my fingers yeah so that's like my little treat is a bowl of frozen blueberries and it's awesome it's just something like a bear basically yes yeah i eat like a bear i do yeah is
0: granola and blueberries. You'll figure it out, Johnny. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, I mean, just, thanks. I for- I just did doing lines of sugar over there at your house. You're just just mm-hmm. basic uh, I was. I mean, this yes. Yes, chopping up lines of white what is it? G and H? What's the G and H, yeah. Yeah. Um sure. But, sure. What else, Jerry? Is that the end of this? I think that's the end of it, dude.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I wanted to go back and say I, I only think recovery books are boring because there's no fucking ghosts in them. There needs to be more ghosts and horror in recovery books
1: and a <laughs> heist. I am not your higher power, Jerry. Yeah, exactly. You must so, yo, find that for yourself. Y'all can recommend
0: me a recovery book with a ghost in it, like The Shining, which is not about recovery. It's more no, about it's relapse, the opposite. Yeah. Well, isn't
1: Dr. Sleep? A recovery book about with the best
0: recovery book ever it has ghosts in it there you go fucking <laughs> astral projection <laughs> shit
1: oh they do exist thank you stephen king mm-hmm. um well thanks it, man though. for for yeah. getting me through this this week thanks for letting
0: it. me insult you for an hour it's been great
1: <laughs> oh, what a pleasure what a joy what a treat yeah. it's right. always a pleasure jerry thanks again for listening our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com.
0: And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at A's for Alcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.